Welcome back to the Timeout Podcast with Christian Penny and Jack Bergamini. How are you doing today, Jack? I'm doing good today, CP. Um, it's been a great past couple of weeks with some bubble basketball, and we just both of us are just so happy NBA basketball is back, and there are a lot of things going on. The awards are coming up. We got the finalists for all the awards, and the playoffs are starting. Um, in like in a few days, we're gonna have the play-in game, and then the playoffs are gonna start. I mean, it's just been a crazy few weeks. CP, what what are your first initial reactions on the bubble? My first initial reactions are that this is spectacular. I love how the NBA did this. I find it amazing that there's been no positive tests inside the bubble, so that part of over it is fine. And the basketball in this has just been like, I don't know what the word is, surprising or just fun to watch. I mean, Team Lillard had 61 points last night. The Phoenix Suns are 7-0. Whoever thought the Suns would be undefeated in anything. I love how we get to see the Nuggets young core of Bull Bull and Michael Porter. And some older guys like LeBron, they've been struggling a little bit. So I think that this whole bubble experience has just been amazing for the players and the fans to see what the basketball is really like when you haven't had it for so long. I think one part of it that's super significant is that all these players are all, the, are all well rested. So we can really see what adversity they've been having to face over the past couple of months. And I think that the NBA has done a spectacular job with it so far. Yeah, it's definitely really impressive of the level of basketball they've been able to play. Like, n- no players, there haven't been any major injuries. That was a huge concern. Only with Ben Simmons, I believe. Like, everyone's conditioning seems pretty good. I mean, players are still resting a bit, but it's not like the, the level of play has decreased at all. And just how the, again, you said with the COVID test, there ha- haven't been any issues with that. Like, we've seen with leagues like the yeah. MLB. It's, it's really been smooth sailing. I think the NBA is definitely, like, um, a league that other leagues should look at and you can see, oh, this is how we should run our league. And it's been really, really impressive. Yeah, I like the point you're bringing up about how the NBA is a league that other leagues should look at. I don't think it's just with this whole pandemic going on, but in general, the NBA is super organized. I think the thing that makes the NBA the best league in the world is that it really cares about its players. I think the bubble has really shown that. So, yeah. Exactly. And I mean, we know, we both know that the, the awards are coming up and we definitely both have our different opinions on it. So if you want to get started with that, uh, we'll start with our MVP picks. CP, who are you picking for MVP? For MVP, I'm picking LeBron James. And well, I think LeBron James could win the MVP almost every single year. I think this year, in a sense, he just deserves it. I'll start off by this. LeBron James fits the media narrative. He was always told he can't win on the West Coast. If he went to the West, he wouldn't win. He went there last year, and he was injured. And before he was injured, the team was playing well. So that whole season was kind of like a weigh on him. Everyone was trashing him. He had a complete, The Lakers were a complete mess last year, complete dysfunction. They completely wiped the house clean. They have a new coach. They got rid of Magic Johnson, one of the main attractions. And one talk about that new coach. LeBron, Frank Vogel was not LeBron's first choice. I think everyone knew it was Tyler there's always this thought that there could just be confusion and just like hatred, not hatred, just like it'd be tough to work with it. But I think LeBron has just been outstanding this year. I think another part of it, he switched positions. He switched to be a point guard. And he's averaging 10 assists per game on the second best team in the NBA. Not only that is he's raised the level of play of all the players he's played with, such as Danny Green, Kuzma had his struggles, but now he's really playing well. Anthony Davis seems really happy. Dwight Howard, I think, Dwight, I think he's getting the most out of Dwight Howard. I don't think any other star in the league could get as much about, get as much out of Dwight Howard as LeBron is getting now. And the Lakers are only four games behind the box. They're so 52 and 18. And they were right before the bubble uh, happened. The Lakers were uh, had a much better uh, trend than the Bucks had. So that's why I think LeBron should be the MVP. He has just so much about it. And he's putting up his typical LeBron stats of 25 points a game, 
eight rebounds and 10 assists. And he's shooting better from three this year at 38%. So I think the choice is pretty obvious. You do. LeBron has definitely had a great season. I can't argue that. And if this season, let's say, didn't get cut short about four months ago, this argument could, in my mind, be much, much closer because LeBron was kind of trending upward and Giannis had just gotten injured this, and he was going to be out for, what, a few weeks with an injury and, and the Bucks yeah. had started losing some games and the Lakers were really on a roll at, at that point in the season. But that's not what happened. Corona happened and now it's four months later and these bubble games don't count towards the MVP voting. But I just think for the MVP, you have to look at which player had the best season. And I just, I, it's been Giannis. I, it's, it's tough to say, I know, but I think Giannis has had the best season. He's been averaging 30 points while playing only 31 minutes, which is that's crazy efficient, as well as averaging 14 rebounds and six assists, one block and one steal. And Giannis is also probably the favorite to win defensive player of the year, which I think is a huge thing to consider to have a player who on both sides of the ball can impact the game so much. And yes, LeBron's been, LeBron is a great defensive player, but he isn't what Giannis is right now. And he isn't as good defensively as he once was maybe earlier in his career. And I just think that the Bucks have been a great team this year. They've, they've really just outshined their competition. I know the Lakers, you know, they've been okay. And I think I would, I would have even given LeBron, let's say those MVPs, maybe against Harden and, and Westbrook a few years back, because we all knew that, that they were never better than LeBron back then. But I think this right now, there's an argument that Giannis is at LeBron's level. And Giannis has just had the better statistical season. It just, that, that's, I think that's what he got to go with. I mean, I would rather have LeBron taking the last shot of the game, of course, just because he can create a shot better. He's a better shooter and even a better driver, you could say. But I want to look back on the MVP years and say who had the best season that season on the best team. I think the Bucks have been the best team. And Giannis has been the best player on the best team. Okay, the Bucks record-wise are not completely far off from the Lakers. But so yes, they are, quote-unquote, the best team because they have the best record. But I don't think the team, the difference in that is that substantial. You have to remember, the Bucks play in the, East, the Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference is easier than the Western Conference. They don't play these teams game, game in and game out. And the Bucks are set up to be a regular season team. I know this is a regular season award, but Think about this, LeBron, everyone knows that he coached the regular season, still averaged these type of points. I think that to give Giannis back-to-back MVP words, I think he would have had to have been out of this world. I think he would have had to have been averaging close to 32, 33 points a game. I know 30 Giannis has been better this season. He's been better this season. That's the crazy thing. He hasn't been out of this world better. He's just been a little bit better. I think that the fact that LeBron was coming off an injury, um, he had his team he wanted. I think the reason I haven't given LeBron the MVP this word also is he, I don't think Giannis raises the level of his teammates as LeBron does. And I think that Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, Danny Green, Kuzma, Rondo, even KCP was horrible in his first year with the Lakers. Now you could say he's a decent contributor. Like, I don't think that Giannis raises the level as well as LeBron does. And I don't think that the, the record is that substantially different where you can give it to Giannis, even though he's, you could say he's better than what his previous MVP year, year was. I, I do think part of the reason some players play better with LeBron, is just that whole thing. Oh, I'm playing with one of the best players to ever lived. I'm just going to, my game is going to get raised. I think we've seen that with Giannis too. A lot of players who we didn't necessarily think were that great of players like Wesley Matthews, Dante DiVincenzo, Brooke Lopez, they've all raised their game significantly. And yeah, it's definitely closer than some people would imagine. I think the story as you've, kind of alluded to is definitely helps LeBron's case just he hasn't won an MVP since 2013 seven years later 
age, what, 35, winning an MVP, that, that would be crazy. But I just think that uh, LeBron should have won it a few years back multiple times. I just think this year it's definitely an award for Giannis to win and that he's been crazy efficient. The Bucks have been great. And, yeah, it's just – and I, I do think the Bucks are going to have success in the postseason. Both, I, both of us have these teams meeting in the finals. So that – I think that's really going to determine who gets this award, even though the MVP doesn't affect – the postseason doesn't affect the MVP voting. But that, in our minds, that will that'll help, it, help it become more clear, definitely. Well, that's a good point you bring up. That has the, the Bucks have just been crazy efficient. But my issue with the MVP award, I feel like you – I think it's a perfect example of how does the what does the word exactly mean? Like, what does valuable try to mean? Is it mean most valuable to the team, most valuable mm-hmm. to the league? Because if you wanted to challenge the award, I think you could make a case that Chris Paul should win the MVP because he raised the level of the fun. He the way he raised his team is better than I think the way LeBron or Giannis raised his team. And I think Chris think, Paul he is valuable, but they're not even it, with Chris Paul. The Thunder aren't at the level of either of those teams. No, obviously not because mm-hmm. I mean, the Lakers and the Bucks are significantly better than the Thunder. But I think that if you yeah. want to break it down to being valuable, I think Chris Paul has been more valuable. To the Laker, to the Thunder, than the than Giannis has been to the Bucks, and LeBron's been to the Lakers. But that's why I think the award should be called the Best Player Award, because then we can really make make it out to be. Uh huh. Yeah, the Best Player I, Award. I mean, that does I make know. sense because LeBron yeah. has been the best player in the league for what the past 10, 15 years. But then, yeah. with the Most Valuable Player Award, it's who's val- who has been the most valuable player for that team, or is it just who had the best statistical season? Because Giannis yeah. has had the best statistical season. But Giannis is also insanely valuable to the Bucks because are the Bucks even a playoff team without Giannis? Barely, probably not. Are the Lakers a playoff team without LeBron? Maybe. I mean, we've seen Anthony Davis lead the Pelicans to the playoffs before, maybe once or twice. But I mean, the rest of the Lakers team is pretty awful, if we're being honest. So I don't. Yeah. Giannis and LeBron are both insanely valuable, and someone like a Chris Paul, even a Damian Lillard, a James Harden—they're all very valuable to their teams and that's why these players are at the top of the ballot because they're they're great players obviously yeah i just think that the award has too much like up into interpretation it's just mm-hmm. who's voting and I, I wish we had a better understanding of what it actually meant that's, that's true opinion. they should come out with a definition for the award yeah because if you just just the acronym doesn't help itself most valuable player like yeah it's open as we said open interpretation. we just we just i guess we disagree we disagree on the definition because i'm going off who had the best season and I think Giannis is definitely in the best season, but who's more valuable to the team or the better story? That's more what you're going off of. And yeah, I guess LeBron has had that. Well, uh, part of the reason I'm going with stories is because it's based on how media votes. Like Russell mm-hmm. Westbrook, when he won his MVP and he averaged a triple-double, it's like he averaged a triple-double after KD left his team. The Thunder should have been a playoff team, but they were the sixth seed. Like, it's yeah. all, like it, all of that matters. And I don't think it should, but it does. So that's how I'm voting off. I, mean, I, I do. That's how I vote off that. You vote, you vote off that, yeah. I think I do, for my prediction, I think Giannis is going to end up winning. Though I think the media has kind of gone more with him than it was four months ago. So I think that's what's going to end up happening, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I could see that. So yeah. going to our next award, uh, you want to talk about most improved player? This is personally one of my... Mm-hmm favorite awards to talk about because it's just it's just great to celebrate players who've gotten better we love seeing young players get better right who doesn't I know I agree with you 100% so originally I had Luka Dantich winning my most improved player and I mean I guess you could say that how could he be your most improved player even though he had a phenomenal rookie year 
And whenever he's averaging 26 points a game now, eight assists, nine rebounds. But I've got to go with Brandon Ingram for my most improved player. I think mm-hmm. him on a brand-new team, the New Orleans Pelicans, Los Angeles Lakers, he really broke out. He was averaging 23 points a game on 39, almost 40% from three, six rebounds and four assists. Those are just phenomenal stats. He really got his time to shine. And although the Pelicans weren't the best team in the, in the NBA as some say they underachieved, I think he really showed that he is the high-level score that he once was thought out of coming out of Duke. I think he was kept under his shadow forever. And he really, really does have that arsenal of scoring packages that made him be comparable to Kevin Durant. Do I think he'll ever be as good as Kevin Durant? No. But he really has stepped up his game in levels where I think he's finally at that point where he's going to be an all-star for years to come. Because he was an all-star this year, and he's still very young in the league. He's only 23, Mm -hmm. 24. And I think he's just going to be one of the futures of the league. I remember when he first came to the league, you and I always had the disagreements over Brandon Ingram. I said he was going to be a superstar. And you said he wasn't. And you were completely right forever. He showed me nothing in his first couple of years in the NBA, practically. And there was no reason for me saying that other than his phenomenal season at Duke. Or even, I don't even call it phenomenal. His only season at Duke. His potential was definitely Yeah, his potential was there. And I think that now he really just showed it so much. And I had such a fun time watching Brandon Ingram this year. Because the Pelicans were on national TV. I think people forget this a lot because everyone thought that. Yes, a lot. So I, I, we, I ended up watching a lot of Brandon Ingram. And I just said, wow, he really is may not as good, definitely not as good as Kevin Durant, but he really has the step below KD potential. Yeah, well, I couldn't agree with you more. My pick is also Brandon Ingram. And I was kind of hoping you were going to choose someone else so I could try to defend my boy, Brandon Ingram, after not believing in him for so many years. But, yeah, when, when talking about most improved player, though, you have to always be careful because did, this, did the player's stats go up because they're in a better situation now? Or did their stats go up because they legitimately improved? You have to differentiate between the two. Because in the final three, the top finalists, I think the NBA announced, it was Luka, Bam Adebayo, and um, Brandon Ingram. And you could also maybe throw Jason Tatum in there. He's like the fourth guy because he was being talked about a lot. So if you look at a guy like Bam, who has definitely improved this year, I think is one of the most underrated players in the NBA, you have to look at, you have to look at his, the opportunity he's gotten. Because his minutes have gone up by 11 more minutes. So that's a lot more opportunity. There's no more – he's not competing with any other centers. He's starting now for a lot more games. And so, obviously, his stats are going to go up. And obviously, Bam has improved his game. But a big part of it is because he's had more chance to play and he's surrounded by better players now with, like, Jimmy Butler and, let's say, a Goran Dragic or a Duncan Robinson. So, yeah, I mean, he's improved, but you have to look at that too. And then for a guy like Jason Tatum, I mean, while his minutes only went up by about three or four – he lost Kyrie Irving, he lost Al Horford, and he has a perfect sidekick now in Kemba Walker. So yeah, his situation got so much better. Did he improve? Yes. But how much did he actually improve, or was it just the situation? But when you look at, look at a guy like Brandon Ingram, he's been starting for the past, what, three years on the Lakers? And hasn't really yeah. been doing much. It's Yeah, he's been starting for the past three years, and he's been, what, average? But finally, and this year on the Pelicans, he continues to start, but his stats go up by miles. And his, he only, he's only averaging about, what, one more minute per game. So that just really shows the time and work he's put in, and it shows on the court how much better he's gotten because he's really been the best player on the Pelicans this year, not Zion or not Drew Holiday. Oh, 100%. I think – I didn't even think about that point, but you brought up a good point with Drew Holiday's. I think everyone thought Drew Holiday would be the perfect leader for the Pelicans and have a player that needed. But he really hasn't been good at all this year. He's been largely inefficient. 
He's been nowhere to be found in these close games that they need him to. Mm-hmm. And Brendan Ingram has had to step up, and he hasn't shied away from it at all. I think for as young as he is and how little opportunity um, he's gotten in the, in the clutch time, he's been largely effective. And I think not having Zion there was allow, allowed him to break in because he was always in the shadow, you remember. He was in the shadow. At Duke. I don't even really call him the shadow Duke, but Duke wasn't as popular his year. No one really thought of him as that. Went to the Lakers. It's the bright lights. Then LeBron came, stunted his development, even though he was playing the same time. And he really, really worked on his games, you could tell. He's a killer knockdown jump shot. Three-point percentage is up to 38 this year. It was at 33 yeah. last year, so he's definitely improved in that. And I just think his game is much more polished. He's been able – his iso ball is much better. I mean, obviously it's a better situation this year, but, again, he's he, he had been starting with the Lakers for so long. He had so much so much opportunity. He had a great – he had a pass-first point guard in Lonzo Ball and even a guy like LeBron James who, who loves facilitating for his teammates. And as you even mentioned, LeBron makes his teammates better. But LeBron didn't make any teammates better last year obviously. Yeah, so, I mean, exactly. I think it's definitely give credit to Brandon Ingram. He's definitely put in the work and definitely deserves this award. Yeah. Under another y- young, young star in the NBA, and a lot of coming out of this whole NBA season would be the debate over rookie of the year. I think everyone thought that Don was just going to break his way through the rookie of the year, but he didn't play forever. So then the number two pick, John Morant, I don't know if he surprised everybody, but he just played, I thought John Morant had such a phenomenal season of 17.9 points a game, almost seven assists and four rebounds that there's no other, there's no other possible way you could give it to Zion. Ja played in every single game. And the Grizzlies were the eighth seed before the bubble even happened. Mm-hmm. I, exactly. I just can't see – I mean, I don't really think there's a debate here. I don't think there's any argument for Zion besides what he played for, like 10 games before the bubble happened. Yeah, it was 19, but Zion's not even 19. on my ballot. If, if I had a ballot, he wouldn't be on my ballot because – if Joel Embiid couldn't win Rookie of the Year a few years back and Malcolm Brogdon won, then Zion cannot win this year, playing only 19 games. It's just not enough, even though he had great games in those 19 games. It's just you can't, you can't give someone an award when the guy like John Moran had played all 60 game, 61 games for them. It's just you just can't do it. And Zion would have won the award if he had stayed healthy. But a huge part of being successful in the NBA is staying healthy. That's why guys like like Kyrie Irving, who's been injury prone these past two years, he hasn't he hasn't done much. He's just been too injured. Like you can't. It, it's a big part of the game, staying healthy. And John Moran has definitely been great this year. Led the Grizzlies to the eighth seed, as you said, when they were probably expected to be one of the worst teams in the league, like that in the West or the eighth seed. That that's crazy to me. So yeah, yeah. definitely, John Moran, no question about it. And right behind, not right behind him, but behind him, I would definitely have Kendrick Nunn and Brandon Clark ahead ahead of Zion, just because Zion. He hasn't played enough. And even in the bubble, exactly. which doesn't count towards these awards, it's, it's very confusing of his minutes restrictions. Is he in shape? A lot of questions surrounding Zion. It makes me worried about the future, on, if I'm being honest. But, yeah, John Morant, 100% rookie of the year, and he deserves it. Yeah, exactly. I don't think there'd be any debate there. So I want to hear your opinions now on the NBA coach of the year. What do you uh-huh. think about that? Because I think that you understand that stuff a little bit better than I do. Well, the coach of the year, I think this year especially, there have been a lot of worthy candidates. You have guys like Billy Donovan of the Thunder, who has kind of been, they kind of had disappointing seasons in the past with the Russell Westbrook, Paul George, a lot of first-round exits. But he's really taken this Thunder team led by Chris Paul, really their only star. And they, they're the fifth seed right now, which is, they've, they've really overachieved. So give a lot of credit to him. You have guys like Mike Budenholzer, who won it last year, 
but the Bucks have seemingly improved once again. He's really taken Giannis and made him such a better player than Jason Kidd was able to when he was the coach of the Bucks. You also have a guy like Nick Nurse, who talk, talk about heartbreak when you lose your best player after winning a championship in Kawhi Leonard. But Nick Nurse is able to keep this Toronto team focused and ready and make them even better. They have a better, better record this year without Kawhi Leonard, two seed in the East. Then you also have guys like Eric Spolstra bringing the heat back into the playoffs with Jimmy Butler. Then you have Frank Vogel, who people were we, – I think we were even saying, yeah, this is like a rental. We'll just wait till Jason Kidd is the coach of the Lakers. No one expected Frank Vogel to have any real authority over that Lakers team. We all assumed he was still LeBron. So there's a lot of candidates, but I think who I, if I had to choose one out of all these worthy candidates, I would choose Nick Nurse just because how good the Raptors have been this year. And there have been so many quotes from other coaches and just executives around the league of how – good Nick Nurse is as a coach and just how many defenses defenses he implements into the Raptor into the Raptors team and just how Nick Nurse has been able to keep them focused and competitive after they lost a top five player in Kawhi Leonard I think that takes skill to be able to mentally ready your team after losing a player like that so that's why I'm going with Nick Nurse he is in the final three that the NBA announced for the finalists and I think he does deserve the award so I think Nick Nurse is a phenomenal coach in the league, easily top three, even top five, whatever, top three, top five coach. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to give this award to Billy Donovan. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm giving it to Billy Donovan is because the amount of, like, slander on his name with Paul, the past couple of seasons because of the Paul George and Russell Westbrook-led teams, I think it's just unfair. You have to agree, he's a phenomenal basketball coach. He was amazing at the University of Florida. That's why he got the job in the NBA. and he, he wasn't able to run his, his offensive schemes, his defensive schemes, because he had players such as Paul George and Russell Westbrook who were really me-before-we me, me type of guys. And it is very, very hard to work with them. I think a lot of people thought that he wasn't going to be able to coach a team with less talent. He couldn't coach a team with more talent. But I think that it's super impressive when you take guys with less talent and you make them better. He was a, he, One thing that I think is very underrated, he was able to earn Chris Paul's respect. I think a lot of people thought that Chris Paul would just go in there wouldn't care, just would, would be kind of just like a locker room cancer in a sense because he didn't want to be with the Thunder because they weren't winning. But he went, Billy, I could tell that something something between Billy Donovan and Chris Paul meshed to lead them to such great success. I think that the fact that the Thunder were as good as they were, I mean, they're obviously not an NBA championship contender, but the fact that they were the sixth seed with that team, with your second best player being Steven Adams, I think is just worthy of a NBA coach of the year. Yeah, I'm definitely – I'm not mad at that pick. I mean, he definitely deserves the award. I just think what Nick Nurse has done has been phenomenal. But Billy Donovan, yeah, he's he definitely is deserving the award as well. And he has really taken that Thunder team to he they've they've really overachieved. But I yeah, think I going think this, this year yeah, is going to be. I I don't I can't be mad at whoever wins the rookie. Of the year. I'm not the rookie of the year. The coach of the year. Coach of the year. Yeah, it's there's so many great stories, so many great teams overachieved, mm-hmm. and definitely, I think yeah. that. I really think that we're showing there's a lot of great coaches in the NBA. There are. And I, think, I think there's definitely been a resurgence as of late. Yeah. Because you definitely have – you have guys like, like Gerard Popovich, they're going to be leaving soon. But then you, ha- you had, obviously, Steve Kerr, who's still one of the best coaches of the year, just mm-hmm. an unfortunate team this year. But a lot of great coaches who I think have Dwayne really Casey's just made the league much coach. better. Exactly, yeah. There's so many – I think that it's hard not to find a good coach in the NBA. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Definitely. There's definitely – around probably 10 good candidates for, for this for this award. But, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
So we have two more awards. We have the Sixth Man of the Year Award and Defensive Player of the Year. I think probably the two most, the least exciting awards, but we'll, we'll, we'll touch on them. I think for Sixth Man, we have the same pick, Dennis Schroeder of the Thunder. Obviously, you mentioned Thunder have overachieved this year with their coach and Chris Paul. And I think what Dennis Schroeder has done has been great for the Thunder. I mean, he's, he was a guy on the Hawks who kind of thought he was the best player on the team, but he was never actually going to be the best player on, on the team. And he's kind of found his niche in the NBA where he, he, he could be a good sixth man for a good team. And that's, that's going to be his role for, what, the next five to ten years in the NBA. He's averaging 19 points, four assists, 38% from three. That's, that's all he really needs to do. And Thunder could make some noise in the West this year. And there are two other candidates, I'm sure you know, obviously Lou Williams and Montrose Harrell. They've both been great, but I think it's worth bringing up. How can a team have two six men? That, just, that, that makes no sense to me. Exactly. I agree with you. I, they, they are both deserving, but I don't – who's the seventh? Who's the sixth and who's the seventh man? That, I, I don't know. I, I need Adam Silver to answer some questions. But, yeah, I'm picking Schroeder. I, I agree with you. I think the six man of the year award is just the, who comes – who's the best bench player, they should call it. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and they, you, clearly because there's, you can't have two six men, but, yeah. yeah you I also have Dennis Schroeder? Yeah, I also have Dennis Schroeder. I don't think that the Clippers were as good as they could have been. And mm-hmm. even though Montrezl Harrell and Lou Williams had amazing years, as this is all kind of expected, I think for how good the Thunder were, Dennis Schroeder deserves the award. Yeah, and Lou Williams already has, what, like three six men in the year awards? Three six I think. awards, yeah. It, 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 he could win it, but I think just give, give it to Schroeder. He's definitely – it's not a reach or anything. He's definitely, you could say, has had, had the best six-man season so far. But, yeah, so last, yeah. last award, Defensive Player of the Year award. Um, you know, it, it's Anth- between Anthony Davis, Rudy Gobert, and Giannis. Personally, I'm going to give it to Giannis just because he's a guy who can defend all five positions. Like Gobert and Anthony Davis, they're great rim protectors, but they can't really guard guards. Giannis, on the other hand, can really lock them down. And I saw a stat where opponents only hit like 40% of their shots when guarded by Giannis, which is the lowest in the league by far, just because of his wingspan and his length and his ability to guard guards. It's just such a huge advantage for a team like the Bucks, which is why they're so great defensively. They can have a guy like Giannis out there. Um, around the three-point line, but then also have great room protectors like Brooke Lopez. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Giannis. He's averaging one block and one steal, but it's not only about blocks and steals. It's just about how good, how, how you can force um, opponents not to make it into the basket, and I think he's done a great job of that. So I'm going to pick Giannis the award, too. And part of the reason I'm going to pick Giannis is the Bucks were the best defensive team in the league this year, and he was the best defender on that team. And like mm-hmm. you said, his only his team is 40% from the field from shooting. So I don't think there's really much debate over it. I wouldn't, I mean, the Lakers were good defensively, but I don't think Andy Davis elevated them to a huge thing. I don't think the rating was that soon. I think I saw stat where some that they were better with Andy Davis off the floor in a sense. But I think defensive play of the year award, I think you have to include team stats to it. So that's uh-huh, Giannis. And I think, again, the big reason why I have Giannis is the MVP is because he is defensive player of the year. I mean, obviously, you don't necessarily give it as much credit, but that's just that definitely helps. I think my case. But yeah, yeah. those are our award picks. Uh, where I think we're gonna find out they're gonna announce them during the playoffs. So we'll find out maybe next week, next few weeks, who wins the awards. Yeah. We'll definitely react to that. But I mean, yeah, those so those are the award picks. But a lot, a lot of other things have been going on in the bubble. To say, as we mentioned, Damian Lillard, sixty-one points, Bucks seven and zero. 
Uh, the Bucks seven no, that to me is crazy. I mean, this team, what, they had a point three percent chance of making the playoffs when the season got got Katie postponed. Suns. The Suns, yeah. Yeah. That yeah, to Suns. me that's been crazy. What 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 are, you, what are your thoughts on Devin Booker and the, the Suns right now? The Devin I can't even put it into words, Devin Booker and the Suns. I've been I thought the Phoenix Suns organization was one of the worst in the league by far. They've had a terrible owner. They probably still are, if we're being honest. Probably, yeah. yeah, if we're being honest, still are. But what Earl Watson has been at, or sorry, Earl Watson. Monty, Monty Williams. Williams. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, he was the old coach. Monty Williams has been able to do with Devin Booker. It's just been phenomenal. Devin Booker has been one of the best scorers in the, in the league since he came into the league practically. He's been averaging like 25 points a game for like four years now. And the fact that he's finally able to lead his team to wins, I can't even put this into words. Like, the Suns, the Suns team isn't that impressive. They have, I mean, Not DeAndre Ian is on DeAndre Ian and Devin Booker, I have to say, are very good players and will be in the, in the NBA. But who else on this team is really, like, lighting it up out there? No one. And the fact that they're 7-0 is just amazing to me. Because I would think this – if I had to guess going before – or my get, my prediction before the bubble started was that I thought the Suns would struggle the most. Because mm-hmm. what is this team – this team had nothing to gain, practically. No one thought they would make the playoffs. And never People the were wondering why they were even in the bubble in the first yeah, place. Yeah, I think – they, they had were such, such a, long shot chances. They were a reach to get into the bubble. I think mm-hmm. something must have motivated them in that sense of way because I'm, I'm at a loss for words, honestly. Definitely. I mean, look, it's definitely. I'm definitely happy for Devin Booker and the Suns that they've gone 7-0 and and they have a chance to reach the postseason. But I think if we're being real here, this kind of just delays the inevitable because the Devin Booker, to me, is never going to be the best player on a championship team. And I think that it's going to – be time eventually where Devin Booker is going to say, I'm done. I'm out of here. I want to trade because I don't think obviously Devin Booker isn't, he's probably not happy in Phoenix right now. I mean, at least two weeks ago, he wasn't ha- How could you be happy? He's ha- he's had five head coaches in five years. They've all been losing seasons by a lot. They've the sons have whiffed on multiple first round picks, dragon vendor. Um, who was the other one? Josh Jackson, Josh Jackson completely whiffed. Like how can you have any faith in the GM? Your head coach, when they're constantly like it's, they're constantly fired after one year. It's pathetic. It's worse than the Knicks, and then you have one of the worst owners in the league. And I just think it was going to be time where Devin Booker says, "I'm out." So the, I think the the good thing for the Suns organization right now is that they've gone seven zero. Is they can be like, "Oh, come on, Devin! Like you see what we did here in the bubble. One more season of this, we'll be good. We'll be good." But it's just the Suns are never going to really compete in the West if we're being honest. And I just think it's going to be time eventually where Devin Booker says. I'm out of here. I want to trade. Kind of like we saw Paul George do with the Pacers. And Paul George did that after the Pacers had made the Western Conference Finals like twice. You think Devin yeah. Booker is going to be happy in Phoenix after, what, making the eighth seed once? Like, it's impossible. It's no. But I, just, I'm, I am happy for the Suns. I mean, it's kind of – I think kind of parallels like a Carl Anthony Towns situation in, New York, in um, Minnesota. Because what, the, the, uh, the Timberwolves, they made the playoffs once as like an eighth seed. And I think Cat, they both have huge contracts. Both those players, they're not they're not going to be happy in their situation in the next coming years because the teams are going to be successful. They don't have good management. They're not good at picking. It's just it's going to happen where they're going to want to get traded. But I'm that's that's on the negative side. But on the bright side, I mean, the Suns have been great, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you for that. I I I don't know. Devin Booker's like I like his game. The fact that he's a great score, but he I think that he's a stats over wins type of guy. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, a lot, of, part of, the a lot of superstars love him. I mean, LeBron's praised him in the past. KD has praised like, him, but it's just, he's not, I don't think he's a guy who can lead your team to a championship, but he's, he's a great scorer. 
And I think yeah, it's a great I, I, I am rooting for them. I mean, them versus, let's say they're the ninth seed and the Blazers are the eighth seed. That, that Those playing games, that, that's going to be intense because you have two great yeah. scores going head-to-head in Dame and Booker. So I can't wait for that. I mean, I love Damian Lillard, so I can't see myself picking or wanting the Suns to get over them because I just think that the Phoenix Suns, the Devin Booker Phoenix Suns era is going to be over before we know it. So mm-hmm. it, I just think for right now, it's, it's exciting time for Phoenix Suns fans. It is. And another team that is definitely overachieved in the bubble, I know you're going to say I'm biased, but I just I couldn't go a podcast without bringing them up, is that the Brooklyn Nets have gone 5-2 and two in the NBA bubble without, what, nine of their players? Everybody. I just think it's, it's worth bringing up because they haven't been talked about at all. No one has brought them up anywhere. No TV show, no news report, nothing. They haven't been talked about once. And it, it, it does annoy me. But they've gone five and two in the bubble. They beat the Milwaukee Bucks without Karis LeVert, Joe Harris, and Jared Allen. That was the biggest upset since like 1990. The spread was 18.5, and they beat the Bucks. And Giannis did play, and Chris Middleton did play. So that that to me is crazy. And they've gone five and two. They beat the Clippers the other night. Kawhi Leonard was playing. He was not resting. He was playing. They beat the Clippers. They beat the Kings. They beat the Magic. I mean, they've just been overachieving. And they this is their B team. They're B team. They're A teams with KD and Kyrie. They're not playing. And when half the time it's their C team because Joe Harris and Karis LeVert aren't even playing. But I know I had to go off on that tangent. I mean, the Brooklyn Nets, they probably won't do anything in the playoffs. I do think they can win one or two games against the Raptors because I do think it's worth noting that this team probably plays hardest out of any of the teams in this entire league right now in the bubble. Just that's the only way they're winning because they're out talented, obviously. It just shows that playing hard can take you a long way. I think that's something other teams like, let's say, the New York Knicks should look at because they can't keep playing. They can't, they can't keep saying that they don't have the talent because playing hard can really take, take you somewhere. And so playing hard is definitely an underrated aspect of basketball, even though it shouldn't be because it's kind of obvious. But you just have to keep that into consideration. So, yeah, I'm done. That's all I have to say. No, I, I, I agree with you. The, the long, I'm going to call them the Long Island Nets. I'm not going to call them the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> the Long Island Nets have been outstanding. I'm just when, when they beat the Bucs today, I honestly thought I read it wrong. I don't know how that was possible. I'll give, okay, I would have been surprised if they won with Karis LeVert and Joe Harris and those other mm-hmm. guys. But the fact that they weren't playing, and Giannis and Chris Middleton both played, I don't even know. Their, be, their best player was Garrett Temple. Just think Garrett about that. Temple. Exactly. Garrett Temple. I, I bet Temple. you have to be. Half Second best player was Chris Chiosa, who was not even in the NBA five months ago. It's just, exactly. it's crazy. Yeah, that is really crazy. And the Nets have been a huge surprise in the bubble. Still believe that I still believe this won't translate to next year because I think Kyrie Irving just brings too much of a uh, a tobacco I mean, with him. Yeah, but definitely with, is it definitely concerns me. I don't want Kyrie to ruin what we have going right now. I, but. I think if honestly, I mean they can't replace him. I think if the Nets had Kevin Durant, I, I could pick them to beat the Raptors. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, yeah. Next year, they, next year when they get all these guys back, they're gonna have to cut out all these players who are doing so good right now because they don't have enough roster spots. It's gonna make me sad, yeah. but. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's Kevin Durant, so you can't. Be I mean, too give bad. give Sean Marks credit for finding all these guys off the street. Oh, I mean, they, they've been 100%. great. They've been great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but yeah, the Nets Nets have been overachieving. Suns have been overachieving. But then there's been a team, let's say the Los Angeles Lakers, have been who have been drastically underperforming in the bubble, which is definitely making me very worried. I'm sure it's making you worried as a LeBron fan, but it's making me worried yeah. because. I chose the Lakers to win the championship. And I changed and, my prediction to the Lakers. Yeah, you They're changed it. 
probably you probably regret that now. But I mean, I've I've been saying the Lakers all along, and I'm definitely more worried now than I've been this entire season because they just haven't looked good. I, what What do you want to say about it? I'm more worried as a LeBron fan because I just like always like tried I defend him over everything and how poorly some of the games have gone. The bubble, like when T.J. Warren hit the game winner, like that was just nothing. I feel like that was just nothing. Why is the LeBron the like? How is LeBron letting T.J. Warren? How is Le- how is LeBron letting a guy like T.J. Warren go off on him? That's that's yeah. the issue I have. Or then when Kyle Kuzma hit the game winner, like LeBron, you got to take that shot sometimes. You don't exactly. Kuzma well, even that. in the Pacers game, LeBron should be taking those last. And yeah. that's a better example because they lost that game. I mean, at least for the Nuggets game, they won with but Kuzman th- taking the shot. My but LeBron yeah, fans part is coming. LeBron's game has always been getting the ball in the right position. So I can't hate on him for too much. But, like, the fact that the T.J. Warren thing just, like, really set me apart. Like, if you're letting T.J. Warren go off on you when everybody's watching because you've been going off the past few games and talking. Exactly. And you're the Lakers. So you know you're going to be on national TV no matter what. Then that, that can't happen, LeBron. And I'm still picking the Lakers to win a championship because I just don't think that any other team in the West at this point is better than them, especially the way the Clippers have been. The Clippers lost to the Nets. The Long Island Nets the other day. There's mm-hmm. no, I don't think there's yeah, any other tough. team that's better than them. But I, the, honestly, if you want to pick a t- the team that could be the biggest bets for the Lakers, I'd pick the, the Denver Nuggets, especially the way they've been playing with their mm-hmm. new duo of uh, Michael Porter, Bobo, and Nikola Jokic. Like, these guys have been playing really well, and I think that's LeBron's biggest threat. I don't think I think if LeBron's worried about Giannis right now, he has to be worried about Nikola Jokic first. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, LeBron definitely has to figure out his shooting slump because if we go back just two years ago when 2018 LeBron on the Cavs, when you watched him, you were like, this guy's one of the best shooters in the league. And it was that it was that crazy. He was that good at shooting threes back then. But now in the bubble, he can't seem to make a three for his life. It's, it's really concerning. I'm not, I'm not like joking here. He really cannot shoot right now at all and neither can the Lakers the Lakers have the lowest field goal percentage in the bubble and the lowest three-point percentage those are not good numbers to have you don't want that that's why everyone's so worried and I think both of us probably downplayed the loss of Avery Bradley and Ray John Rondo because when they lost those guys I was like "Eh, it's fine I mean LeBron's basically the whole team and AD they're the whole team but now with LeBron and AD both struggling like a lot they don't have a guy like Avery Bradley who they can rely on or even a guy like Rondo and they also lost the great defender in, in Rondo and Avery Bradley, which is why I'm kind of worried about a potential first-round matchup versus the Portland Trailblazers with a guy named Damian Lillard, who the Lakers aren't going to have anyone to cover him. So that's why I'm kind of worried about the Lakers, honestly. Especially with how well Damian Lillard's been playing. Like, I could see I could see Damian Lillard really giving LeBron trouble. Or not Definitely. LeBron, because I don't know if they'll be guarding each other necessarily, but he'll be giving the Lakers a lot of trouble. And I think there's going to be – No battles. one can guard it. Who's going to guard yeah. Who's going to guard Dame? Who's going to guard C.J. McCollum? But then you, you could fire right back at me and say, who's going to guard LeBron? But I could just say LeBron can't shoot right now. I mean, he's not like – this isn't the normal – They have someone in the paint, just get out of the way. Like This isn't the normal exactly. LeBron right now. He needs to – if the Lakers are going to win the championship and we're going to get our pick right, LeBron needs to start carrying this team. We need to see 2018 LeBron back. We need to see that, that version of LeBron. And if that version of LeBron shows up, and then he gets top six player in Anthony Davis. That that could be a scary team. That's the Lakers team. That's the team I think we pick to win. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But it, it's going to be tough because if LeBron's off, he's going he's having to rely on guys like Kyle Kuzma, who if who I don't think I think he's probably overrated. If I'm being honest, and then he has to rely on guys like Alex Caruso, 
who's never played a postseason game in his life. Even, even Anthony Davis. How can you rely on Anthony Davis? Exactly. You can't. He's not, the end of playoffs, not, especially. Anthony Davis isn't going to be creating his own shot at the end of the games. So that, that's also an issue. And then you have, you're relying on guys like Deion Waiters. Like, I never want to rely on Deion Waiters and for anything in my life. Like, <laughs> Cook is getting minutes. Quinn Cook is getting minutes on this team. Like, that's, that's scary. But, I mean, exactly. yeah, LeBron definitely has to test the hurry up and start playing well or else I think the Lakers are going to wake up and, and they're going to lose to the Trailblazers. I don't think that's going to happen, but it's definitely a real threat to them, and they should, they should be worried. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of a lot of different matchups in the West that could that could really be interesting. I really want my personal favorite. I'm hoping happens is Nuggets versus Rockets because just I want to see Jokic, Nikola, uh, Nikola Jokic just body those Rockets, those six five Rockets players. I'm really excited for that. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a tough matchup problem for them. Yeah, definitely. You think you think the Nuggets are the the second best team in the West now? Is that what you said earlier? Second best team in the I don't know if it's I don't know. I'd, I'd still put biggest the threat to LeBron. Them. Biggest threat to LeBron is the Nuggets, not the Clippers. Mm-hmm. I personally think if I had to pick a team that was coming out of the West, if it's not the Lakers, I'm actually going with the Rockets. I just think that these past four months have probably helped the Rockets the most out of any team in this entire league, just because the postseason after postseason, we've seen James Harden and Russell Westbrook completely die and just not like not have the energy to really put up the production that we're used to seeing from them. But in the bubble, they've, they've really been great, the Rockets, and they've beaten teams like the Bucks, and they've been able to close out these games versus the Mavericks, and they've really looked good. I just think that they have such an odd way of playing as they don't have a typical center that it's just kind of going to throw teams off. I just think if any team is going to make it out of the West, if it's not the Lakers, it's going to be the Rockets. And that prediction could totally backfire on me, and the Rockets could lose in the first round, as usual, because – James Harden, Russell Westbrook choke, but I just think I think it's if I had to put money on it, I think it's going to be different this year for those two players. I I mean, honestly, the Rockets are such a toss up. I could see it going all the way. I could, I don't want to make a prediction because there's too much unknown with them. But yeah, yeah I'd say the that, biggest. Yeah. And to the biggest, if not the Lakers come out of the West, I'm still going to pick the Clippers. But the still Nuggets the biggest. Clippers. If the Lakers mm-hmm. don't come out of the West, I'm going to go with the Clippers, and. Mm-hmm. I just think Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs is a different beast. And Paul George has been fantastic in the bubble, for being honest. Um, yeah. And I don't still, think that – I think the, the Nuggets are a little young team, but I do uh-huh. think that the way they play is a threat to LeBron. In the East, I'm still going with the Bucks, Even though the Bucks yeah. haven't been particularly like, dominant in the bubble, I'm still going with them just because I, I've never really bought the Raptors as great as Nick Nurse has been. I think Pascal Siakam is – also one of the most overrated players in the league. I think Kyle Lowry is the best player on that team. So, But I don't think Kyle Lowry is going to be able to overpower a team like the Bucs. I think the Bucs are honestly going to cruise to the finals and they'll either be playing the Lakers or the, Buc- or Lakers or the Rockets. That, that's just what I personally think. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Yeah, well, these next, these next few weeks, NBA playoffs, NBA bubble playoffs are going to be starting. It's going to be super exciting. I can't wait to watch. And I definitely think we're going to see some upsets. Oh, 100%. The middle of the, the heat. I said, watch the Miami Heat. I wouldn't be surprised if I see a Bucks heat Eastern uh-huh. Conference Finals. Yeah. yeah. Over or under, do you think there's going to be three three upsets? Over or under that? I'm going to go under. Under? I don't know. I think I think we could definitely see – I'm going to go over, actually. I just think – I think a team like – even like the Mavericks just could 
it's just it's so unpredictable. They could even be a team like the Clippers. Just we since I don't I just think that could happen. I just think we're going to see upsets because also there's no home court anymore. I think that's going to play a huge part into it. Yeah, that's true. True. So the seeding really doesn't matter if if we're being honest. Just it just matters the matchup. But yeah, so the playoffs are coming up. A lot of exciting stuff. We'll definitely be continuing to talk about it. Um, CP, any any last thoughts? Uh, keep watching the NBA because this is what we need. I'm interested to see. I mean, this will be a later episode, but I'm curious after the bubble is over, what what's the, what's the NBA going to look like? Exactly. A lot a lot of unknown things, but yeah, basketball is back. We're super happy, and yeah, CP, it was a great time. Yeah, thank you for listening to the podcast. See you next time. The timeout. Peace.